0: Welcome back to the Unintentional Grounding Podcast. My name is Ian Wind, as always. I am joined by my good friend, Josh Hoffman. This is episode 18 of the pod, and we got a lot to talk about today. But first, as always, how are you, Josh? What's new? What's going on
1: in your life? What's up, dude? Uh, it's good to be back. Nothing super new in my life. Um, you know, My life is pretty simple and... Um, repetitive these days, which, you know, is fine, fine by me. Um, But yeah, things are good. Excited to be back on the pod, get another football episode out there as we're wrapping up the season. You know, we got one big matchup left and, you know, then it's on to the rest of the sports world. I'm excited for, you know, the basketball trade deadline that's coming up. Um, And, you know, just as the basketball season kind of ramps up towards the playoffs, I'll, I'll definitely be in lockdown mode for that. But yeah it's these past games this weekend were we're all right I think we had higher expectations for sure the Chiefs Bengals game was great don't get me wrong um I did do think we expected it to be go a little differently um but yeah and then the the other game was pretty meh but yeah we'll we'll jump right into it if you want to take us off with the first game
0: yeah for sure um Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the games. Obviously, the first game was at 3 p.m. That was Eagles-Niners, and that one was not as fun just because I think we were all expecting a closer game. And I do think the game would have been closer if Purdy, you know, didn't tear his UCL on the second drive of the game or first drive of the game, whatever it was. Absolutely, absolutely. That was really brutal, especially just because I was, you know, I I was rooting for the Niners, and I think we both kind of leaned Niners in that matchup at least um and also like just the way like every every break went to philly like early in the game it was zero zero and um hurts through that like fourth down pass it was like a lob pass to devonta smith who caught it went to the ground clearly not a catch on the replay but the eagles kind of went hurry up and was it were able to get off another play before I guess the Niners could challenge it or whatever. And then they end up scoring a touchdown at 7-0. And then, I, I don't, you know, Brock Purdy gets hurt, whether that's, I don't know if that was before or after, but it just it just all went downhill for, for the Niners very quickly. And then Josh, Josh Johnson, the replacement, he got hurt too. So, uh, you know, just a disaster for the Niners, super disappointing. But at the same time, like, I think that they can hold their heads high knowing that like, you know they lost. It's not like they lost this game because they were truly the worst team. I mean, maybe they were on the day, but they weren't. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't even have their second or third string quarterback today. So, you know, I I, I think you know this game is always going to have a little bit of an asterisk on it for me. But that being said, we do have to give credit to the Eagles. Super impressed by just their entire team on both sides of the ball. They can run the ball well. They play good defense. They're clearly well coached, and there's this whole thing going on with like Nick Sirianni, the head coach, where like like he seems very like into the game at all times, and I I kind of love that. You know, a lot of coaches historically are kind of more muted with their emotions, but he seems to get very into it, and he'll like you know talk at the other team's players or like I don't know about chirp, but like you know he he gets emotional, and I I just enjoy that. I like when like the coaches are like super into the game. So yeah, give them credit, but super disappointing game overall in terms of, you know, just a, a a good, it wasn't a good game, but it was, it was still, I guess, a little entertaining. What were your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, we both were on the 49ers train. I think, um, yeah, it was just, it's a really disappointing way to end their season. You know, when, like they were like those in that first half they were still in it you know honestly like i'm pretty sure it was 7-7 maybe it was 14-7 but i thought it was 7-7 and then you know they they could have gone into the half down like one score and then you know the johnson fumble like late 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 in this first half led them to another touchdown suddenly they're down 14 going into the half um and at that point you were like yeah there's probably minimal ways to get back into the game because you know as soon as Purdy goes down pretty much both sides of the ball have to change their game plan you know the offense has to completely change their game plan with the virtually the inability to throw the ball more than you know five seven yards downfield and then the defense has to make it a low scoring game you know I think the intention of the defense is always to make it low scoring but you have to like I think you almost have to change it to you know, maybe we give up some plays, but we can't give up touchdowns. Like you, that has to be the kind of the game plan from that point going forward. Um, and yeah, so I, like, yeah, I don't really think they really got to play the brand of football they wanted to play going into this game. Um, and like you said, I think you can kind of hold your hat on that a little bit. In that, you know, like we just got screwed. You know, there's no way around it. You know, we we had to play freaking Christian McCaffrey and the Wildcat at quarterback you know, at times in the second half, just to get, you know, for any, any yardage yardage whatsoever. Um, yeah. So it's just disappointing, you know, but at the same time I was, you know, kind of, I was scared as a person who supported the Niners going into this game. Cause I thought, boy, this Eagles team is, they, I mean, they looked really good against the Giants and you know a lot of people were saying that the Giants, we're looking good going into that game. Others probably would have discredited them after the Eagles blew them out. But I just thought the Eagles looked really good across the board. They're so deep. And you know that, that 49ers defense, you know, they weren't able to really slow them down that well, you know, they dropped 30, what 34 on them, (laughs) 31, 31. Well, I I do disagree
0: a little bit just in the sense that it's not like the 49ers were completely out of the game immediately. I mean, they were out of the game in terms of like confidence maybe, but like, it was still, I think a one or two score game for, for a lot of the game until like in the second half is when it got a little bit sort of wider. Um, So, but, but yeah, you're, I mean, I see what you're saying. I I will say like, I don't know about you. I wasn't really that impressed with Jalen hurts. He's definitely not a hundred percent with the shoulder injury still. And I agree, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the next two weeks of rest uh, will change that before the super bowl. But like, he didn't, play necessarily that well and and i think the eagles were just able to like win this game by grinding because they you know they run the ball well and the niners defense is good and like you said they can't give up field goals i mean sorry they can't give up touchdowns but
1: eventually you know
0: they got a lot of they got a lot of stops early but i think eventually they just got so worn down because they were on the field so much
1: absolutely i i don't disagree yeah no i mean yeah hurts i think only threw the ball like 14 times and had like under 150 yards passing, like he didn't do much on the air. But that's, I mean, that's the other thing is their running game is so elite. You know, their offensive line is so good. I mean, both lines are so good. But uh, they yeah, they didn't need him to you know go super super man on on the 49ers or anything. Yeah, I mean, I think the two weeks will be really good for him. You know, I think he needs that rest. And same to Mahomes with his ankle problem. You know, I think we'll see a improved quarterback. Uh, from both sides um, in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I, I was just disappointed because um, I think everyone thought this was going to be a really, really good game. And and I'm sure the quarterbacking play, you know, changed how the defense played too, like I said before. But yeah, I, I just... I, I think the biggest questions going forward are what the 49ers are going to do next year. You know, like Shanahan is probably going to could go down as one of the better offensive coordinators that has like kind of been a part of this game. Um he is really really good at his job and also probably one of the most unlucky offensive coordinators when it comes to a quarterback. You know, he uh one of the best offensive shot callers uh and has always had insane skill players on offense but just never a quarterback. Um and you know, they were saying even during that game like you have to think, you know, Shanahan's over there sitting like dang couldn't we have just had like Tom Brady for a year or something you know like just just anyone just to not get banged up or something and and you know they're gonna have those same questions going into next year you know because they're probably gonna trade Garoppolo and you know if they don't then they're pretty much back into the same situation where um they started last year because Purdy just got Tommy John is gonna get Tommy John surgery so he's gonna be out for a while uh, Lance is just getting back to full health, Garoppolo is just getting back to full health. Um, so we're back to pretty much the start of last year where do you give Lance the football next year to start again? And like, you know, like it's hard to make that decision too, because he's played what, like three, four games? And he um, hasn't
0: played well, like in those games no. he hasn't played particularly well. So No, he
1: hasn't. But can you really write off no this guy okay. who you they, can't give up they traded him. what, like three first rounders for him or like or pretty much. The, so like They were banking on this dude being the guy Um, and as well as Purdy played, like I know there were talks like depending on the Purdy injury and extension of that, like where where are they going to just start Purdy next year? Um, So now they're in this, you know, conversation of like, what do they do with their quarterback? And I just it's so tough, man, because this team is clearly, you know, a Super Bowl contender and has that capability next year and down the road. Um, And they really just need a quarterback. So, like, I don't know if they go out and get another guy or if they – do they trust Lance? It's just – yeah. But I, I feel I feel for Shanahan a lot. Like, sure, he he's had his moments of where he dropped the ball. But at the same time, I feel like there's, there's not many guys who are as talented as him and been as unlucky at the most important position.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's tough. He's had a bad go of things. You know, he was the OC in for the Falcons in the game in the 28 to three game in the Super Bowl you know he was that close to winning a Super Bowl as an OC gets the 49ers job and always just has had a quarterback issue you know it's just never been you know right even when they made the Super Bowl Jimmy G just wasn't enough to put them over the top and you know at the end of the day this is a quarterback league so it really does matter it'll be interesting to see what happens next I, I it's never other. been his fault either. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, um, I guess yes and no a little bit. Yeah, I'm not like he definitely doesn't deserve the majority of the blame in any season or postseason where they've gone on to, you know, not win, but 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 I wouldn't say he deserves zero blame either. I mean, at the end of the day, he is the head coach, he's the offensive play caller. There's still things he could have done better. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's really unfortunate. The other thing that I'm thinking about is i'm kind of and like we'll talk about this you know in a couple months or or later in 2023 when we talk about like the 2023 2024 season but i'm not convinced this defense is going to be what it has been um you know the last few years it's been one of the best units in the league i'm not convinced that that's going to be the case going forward yes they still have Talent, and they—I'm sure they'll be good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't, you know, they're—they're they're very vulnerable in the secondary, and most importantly, D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator just took a head coaching job with the Texans, right? So there's just a lot of turnover there, and I'm just not, you know, I could be making too much of a big deal about all of those things, or, or maybe, or maybe I'm making not enough of a big deal about it. So I just think that their window—I I just worry that their window even outside of the quarterback situation is starting to narrow a lot. And, you know, as long as Shanahan's there, their offense is gonna be great with the with the guys that they have. But I don't know, man. It's it's just really
1: unfortunate. Um yeah, I mean it might just be that next year is their last their, their last series crack at it with this group. I mean that's it's very possible. Um and if you have a quarterback who steps up that play, like it can make up for the if the defense does drop a little bit, because the defense isn't going to drop to a point where they're garbage or even mid middle yeah. of the pack. Like, you know, there's still going to be a top 10 defense easily. But if we look at the guys available, the quarterbacks that are available, none of those, like some guys... of them are, aren't necessarily fully available either.
0: Right. But like, let's just say, for example, like, like Lamar is not going to be available because they're going to franchise, the Ravens will franchise tag him. And then, you know, the Niners aren't going to trade for him, but like, let's just assume for a second that, that, Lamar was able to go to the 49ers like that's a game changer right but none Absolutely. of the other none of the other names you know I, mean, I think the only other Aaron name Rodgers but like yes. you know I don't think that I don't know what the cap situation is with the Niners um maybe they can yeah, afford he's to got do a big that,
1: contract but, he's got a big contract and um I don't I imagine they're probably pretty cap locked in a lot of ways with the star power they have on this team so, so my point is, is like, those are the two names where it's like, okay,
0: they're clearly upgrading at quarterback. And like you said, that upgrade will be able to pick up for whatever the defense, however much the defense falls off, which will be a little probably, but not too much. The problem is, is it's very unlikely that either of those guys actually go there. And so now we're in the situation where their defense is, is probably not going to be as good. And we have absolutely no idea what the quarterback situation is, as we've obviously already alluded to. So I don't know, man, it it really sucks. But I think for as long as Shanahan's coaching, it'll be fun to, it'll be at least be fun to watch the offense. Um,
1: yeah. I do wonder though, like if you bring in someone who, you know, maybe is slightly better than Garoppolo, slightly better than Purdy, you know, I don't know if that's a uh, Derek Carr or if that's a, uh, I don't know Tannehill, if that's uh, I don't know. There's some, there's some like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe even like Jacoby Brissett, you know, I, I like he actually looked pretty competent for the Browns, like and y- like you don't need you don't you don't need that superstar quarterback with this offense, but just well, someone that's, who
0: okay, but I that's where I, upgrade, but that's where I'm like okay, but how even if it is a slight upgrade, which I personally don't even think any of those guys are an upgrade. I I think it's... I mean, Carr is maybe a little bit of an upgrade, but for the most part, those are all lateral lateral moves in terms of quarterback quality. It's just, like, not worth it, right? Like, we've seen this game. We've seen this song and dance with the Niners where they have an average quarterback, and they're so good everywhere else. And, like, they make it to the Super Bowl that year against the Chiefs, and they're pretty close to winning. They're winning for a lot of the game, but, like, that's... This is a quarterback league. Like, Mahomes is the guy he won the game, you know, the offense won the game for the Chiefs like and then i think Garoppolo even threw an interception later in that game. I could be wrong about that. Um but but yeah, it's just i know you're saying they can win with an average quarterback, but like if we really go back through like the list of recent Super Bowl winners, like how many of those teams had average quarterbacks? I mean, really very few of them you know yeah half of those years are tom brady obviously and you know stafford
1: mahomes um nick Foles was kind of was a bit of a fluke he played really well though um i know those years is the ravens one with joe flacco people were not high on joe flacco thought he was kind of a bum hey don't don't disrespect playoff flacco I, i mean i'm not he beat us multiple times like yeah there's like he he clearly showed up um no, no, it's, it's a very good point. I just, there are also very few teams that are as stacked everywhere else outside of the quarterback as the 49ers were this year, last year, and potentially next year. You know, it's so like it's that, that, that is why I think there is a belief in the football world and myself included that they, you know, they, they literally need a guy who can go like, 25 and 8 touchdown interceptions throw like you know 3,500 yards be able to run the offense well have good timing with the guys like you don't need the 50 touchdown 6,000 yard guy you don't need the Patrick Mahomes to this team like if you had Patrick Mahomes on this team this team would be a dynasty easily um so it but yeah it's just yeah it's it's just it's just tough you don't need the best quarterback in the league but clearly
0: what we've seen is that you need an elite quarterback, no matter what your situation is. And like, I'm again I'm not saying they can't win without one, but it's just so unlikely in this in this day and age. Um, but we should we should move on from this. Let's let's talk <laughs> about the 6 p.m. game. This was the AFC Conference Championship. Um this game was between the Chiefs and the Bengals, played in Arrowhead. Um, formerly called Burrowhead by many Chiefs, uh, by many Bengals fans. Sorry, Josh. Uh, The Chiefs ended up winning this game Um, 23-20. ended up being a banger. Great game. Uh, The games between these two teams always are. It seems like these teams are always going to be separated by a field goal um, or less. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was pretty impressed with Mahomes. This was a... um, Gutsy, gutsy performance. Super gutsy performance. I think that this... I don't want to say it's his most impressive game. I'm not sure that that's true, but it's up there because, absolutely, you know, this dude has a high ankle sprain, what, seven days ago, 10, uh, yeah, seven days, something like that. You know, that knocks most people out for not one week or not two weeks, but that's like a three to six week minimum inj- uh, injury recovery time usually. So he did this all on like pretty much one, one and a half legs. And not to fast forward to the to, you know, the end of the game, but just on the topic of his his mobility, he makes that last play late in the game with his feet. And obviously he was helped out by getting the the uh, late hit call. Stupid. Um, Really, really bad play from the guy. But to be fair, also, like it wasn't a huge hit, but it was so far out of bounds that I think it was just like they had to call it.
1: Oh, yeah. It was stupid on the Bengals guys part
0: and uh that you know that sets up Harrison Bucker to kick a field goal with eight seconds left they make it and and uh that's that and man I'm just so impressed with with Mahomes it really felt like this game was sort of it started out and it was like oh the Chiefs have come to play the D line is getting a ton of pressure on Burrow they're sacking him you know clearly this this Bengals patchwork O-line was not Going to have as as good of a game as they did against the Bills, and you know we talked about how like the fact that there was snow on the ground in that Buffalo game, and that Buffalo's pass rush wasn't actually that good. Those were like actually underrated factors, and you know the the, the Chiefs the Chiefs D line is 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 pretty good, so they were able to get to him. Chiefs are scoring, still kind of close. It really felt like this game, though, as it went on, that like this was gonna be. You know, Burrow was going to have that opportunity to like steal this game, and obviously, it was 2020, and it got you know, it was very. I mean, close, he definitely but, did have
1: chances to steal this game,
0: yeah, and and he wasn't able to capitalize on them. And um you know, there's some refing controversy in this game. Personally, I and again, I have a bit of a bias because I'm a, I like rooting for the Chiefs, and I like rooting for Mahomes. I personally didn't think the refing was as bad as it was made out to be. We we can get into that you know later if you want, but um I, I was just super impressed with Mahomes. Not only is this dude making plays with like one one and a half legs, but all of his playmakers on offense except Kelsey were getting injured in this game, <clears throat> and Kelsey was also dealing with back spasms earlier in you know in the week so nobody on the Chiefs is 100% nobody on their offense Michael Hardman out for the game Juju out for the game Kadarius Tony out for the game and he's still making plays throwing it to like Marquez Valdez Scantling Kelsey. yeah shout out
1: MVS six for 114 and a tutty he made Man, like some out
0: massively clutch catches in that game I was very Indeed. sort of surprised um because, like, we always viewed him as kind of just, like, a deep threat on the Packers and on the Chiefs, you know, this regular season. But he he made some plays when he was called upon. And I don't even – do you even know who, like, the other receiver was out there? I don't even know his name. Well, like, Noah I know Gray, Sky, the
1: backup tight end, was part – was out there. Sky um, Moore was out there.
0: Sky but, like, was there was some there. other receiver on the Chiefs yeah, that, like, I had literally hadn't heard of. Yeah. And, like, he was I mean, was he's, like, there. The,
1: Seven stringer.
0: I think like his name might have been Marcus Kemp or something. Am I making yeah, that up? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. But but Mahomes made he won that game against a legitimately good Bengals defense. You know, we talked a lot about the Bengals defense, and they're they're a good, they're a very good unit. And so yeah, again, maybe not his career defining game, but it's up there for me because, you know, all the talk going in. Joe Burrow, he's the new best quarterback in the league. People on in media on TV are saying, I'd rather have Joe Burrow for this, I'd rather have Joe Burrow for that. The Eli Apple and Mike Hilton are like Burrowhead Stadium, everybody. Like Mahomes Clowns, has never beaten Burrow. Clones. And yeah, and the mayor, the
1: Cincinnati mayor called that. Oh, that was out. the worst.
0: That dude should resign, <laughs> so honestly. That was so dumb. But yeah, so like I, I just my that's my takeaway. Super impressed with Mahomes and this Chiefs' defense is exactly what we thought it would be, I think, which is to say they have good pass rush, they can get to the quarterback, but they clearly have a lot of weakness in the secondary. And Lejarius Sneed got injured early in this game. He and did. that's a very key injury to monitor for the Super Bowl because he's going to be matching up against, you know, one of those two Eagles receivers who's who's very good. So we'll see what happens there. But absolutely great game. One of Mahomes'
1: best. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, Mahomes was was great. I mean, I think that first that first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the first half was you know, it really just felt like damn, Chiefs Chiefs are running away with this. Like it really it to me watching it, it felt like in that first half it should be going into the half should be like 21 to 3. Like 21 to 7 or whatever it was. Like pretty much a 2-3 score game. Chiefs up by minimum 14 points. And what? They went down... The Bengals went down 7-3? What was it at the half? I forget what the score was. I but think either it was way, 10-3. I could be wrong. Or 13-3 yeah, maybe? Something like that. Something like that. Or th- 13-6. I think it was 13-6. I think the Bengals got a second field goal. But anyways, point being is that... Yeah, the from the right out the gate, the bang, the Chiefs score on like their first drive. They get like, multiple stops. They get a turnover. They're just dominating. But they can't turn uh a turnover or another drive into a second touchdown the, you know they they got a touchdown on their first drive and then two field goals and you went into the half as a Bengals fan being like oh my god we played like dog water and here we are we're we're in this game so yeah and then that second half here here comes Burrow Bengals make the adjustments you knew it was going to happen um and it's a game down the stretch i mean burrow had plenty of chances but yeah the the grittiness of the chiefs and Mahomes to go down their second third and fourth or i guess their top three wide receivers um at the wide receiver position and then you know still have a gutsy win you know there were some questionable calls but i don't really think it like made the game um and as someone who was rooting for the bengals it was frustrating to watch in in, in real time but you know taking a step back it wasn't some egregious thing like, in basketball the other day where lebron gets fouled on the game tying basket which is a garbage call but um yeah so it's just garbage non-call yes garbage non-call yes even against my celtics it was it was a garbage call um so yeah yeah, i mean it was a phenomenal game both 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 sides played played really well i think either time either side would have been deserving to get out of it um i'll say I think the Chiefs have a better chance of beating the Eagles, but with how banged up they got in this game, it's definitely a little scary. I know they have two weeks off, but, man, they lost. They lost some major guys, and, you know, they need Mahomes to get healthy, but, you know, he was limping a lot in that game. But, yeah, I mean, you know, to go to a Super Bowl again, you know, I think that's anyone... Obviously, the Chiefs aren't going to lose, but to make it back is impressive as it, you know, of its own. So I'm just excited to hopefully, hopefully get another good game to end the season. And I think there's no one better than Mahomes who's going to be able to be capable of bringing the best and turning, you know, the second tier guys into potential championship. It's
0: it's an awesome matchup. It's the best. I mean, maybe the Niners you can talk about, but I really think this matchup is going to make for a great Super Bowl. And I totally agree with you about uh, what you said about the bank thinking that the chiefs have a better chance against the eagles than the Bengals do you know this Bengals o-line against that chi- that eagles d-line yikes like that's gonna that's that's a bigger mismatch than the super bowl last year with the D line. this honestly. this
1: eagles defense is gross yeah. bro
0: and and like <laughs> i'm uh, one of my good friends evan uh shout out to evan and snave mamba that's his nickname um He uh, he's a big Giants fan, and obviously we have a friend who's on the pod, Jake, who's also a big Giants fan. Um, But Evan, you know, Evan was talking because Evan and I talk a lot about betting, and he was like, "If you know, I think I'm gonna have to do like if the Bengals win this game, I legitimately think I have to bet $500 on the Eagles because it's I was thinking the same thing. It's it's both an emotional hedge since he's a Giants fan, you know, and also this mismatch in the trenches is just absurd yeah. and also the other side of the ball too the eagles o-line that that Bengals' de- defense is good that, maybe they'll get to hurts a little bit but like not not like they did even to mahomes so i i just feel like i i totally agree with him and i was like yeah if, if the Bengals win this game like we gotta we gotta bet like a ton of money on the eagles immediately but obviously well yeah not- i mean
1: yeah also like if you're like had the Bengals won you know their defensive line you know mahomes is, is banged up and you're not just sending people all the time to make him move to make him work his ankle like they just didn't do enough to disrupt him so if you can't disrupt a banged up ankled mahomes you, and you you expect to stop hurts with a better o line and a more mobile quarterback like yeah no nah, get out of here yeah so
0: on that topic let's let's talk about the super bowl um the game's going to be in arizona eagles are yeah always i i I like i don't remember every other year i don't remember who i was saying this to but like i think you were with me i just just feel like the super bowl should be in more cold weather atmospheres you know like i get why they do it especially because like the halftime show and stuff and like yeah no one wants
1: to go to the to lambo field in the middle of february
0: yeah i get i think it's just like the football fan in me is like i want this game to be gritty you know but anyways, games in Arizona, so neutral field. Uh, both of these fan bases travel well, so you know I'm sure there's not going to be like a advantage either way there. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites against the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs actually opened as I think one and a half to two and a half point favorites, and really? really bet. Yeah, they were quickly bet to an underdog, and I, to be honest, Damn, I, those I people who got
1: that from... Eagles line early, what you agreed that the the Chiefs should have been two point favorites to open the day. No, 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 no. I agree with the movement. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if you were able to get Eagles plus to like immediately, man, that's that's juicy. That is so juicy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not gonna like like even even Eagles minus one and a half feels really good. My me. it should be Eagles minus three. I mean, it should just be Eagles so minus three. Um, the all the research that I've done regarding like the line and the betting and the takes and the pro betters and yada yada yada, it really seems like this is a pros versus Joe's matchup right now, where like everyone, you know, all the pros are on the Eagles. I guess Eagles fans will be on the Eagles, but most of the public is probably gonna be on the Chiefs and Mahomes. And I gotta say, like, it's it's hard for me because I wanna I wanna bet on like the team that is worse but has the by far the best quarterback that i've ever seen play and like you know i want i want that to happen but the more logical side of me thinks that this this is a game for the eagles to win um the two things that i'm most interested in are how is that eagles pass rush going to do against the chiefs o-line the chiefs o-line is pretty good but the eagles pass rush is also very good and like you said, the Bengals weren't able to make Mahomes move enough on that ankle. He will have another two weeks to recover, so I'm sure he'll be healthier, but he's still not going to be hundred percent on it. And it will be really interesting to see what the Eagles are able to do. The interesting thing about the Eagles is like it's not just it's not just their it's really not just their their front four. They're linebackers. When they send yeah. their linebackers, it's just like it feels like it's game
1: over almost every time. So yeah, Hassan Reddick is. I mean, I was so high on him last year, and I I think we might have even talked about it last year before the season started. Of, I was just like I, I could not believe that they got him. And to begin the year, he didn't do a ton, but the second half of the year, he has come on so hot. I mean, he he's a linebacker, defensive lineman who can who just do everything. Um, he, he's, yeah, he's he's been incredible. awesome and they've had so many pickups i mean indomican sue is I, I, I mean you know another another one who, but he's on obviously on offense on the o line but uh yeah it's just i don't know man it's just no indomican sue is a D-line. I, I lied i lied yeah correct right. but anyways <laughs> they um yeah they got so they're so deep across the board their corners are fantastic their safeties are fantastic you know no, they're just yeah, it, it to me, this kind of just it just feels like a mish, mismatch. Like as good as the Chiefs are and as good as Mahomes is, this Eagles team is just so stacked and I hate saying it every time. But it, it, it kind of feels like, you know, I don't expect it to be as lopsided as that Broncos-Panthers Super Bowl several years ago, but it really does feel like, you know, let's say the Eagles get the ball first, they go down, score a touchdown. They could easily just get a turnover on the next drive, go down, score a touchdown. Then, you know, I could just easily see this game just getting out of hand really quickly if the Chiefs can't, you know, move the ball. And I think that that is my only concern. And I don't, I don't really believe that they'll be able to shut down the homes. Like, I know they'll score and they'll, they'll move the ball at parts of the game. But I also think the Eagles have gotten better with managing the clock, extending drives with their run game. You know, they can take up 6 to 10 minutes of a clock.
0: That's the thing, Uh, the run game. The Eagles' run game is going to kill this Chiefs' defense. I mean, you know, the Bengals... If the Bengals have a healthy O line, they probably run the ball with a lot of success last week with Mixon, mm-hmm. but they didn't, and they couldn't really get the run game going. And that's you need to have a good run game against this Chiefs defense. And and that's what the Eagles are best at. So I just am yeah. not optimistic that this that the Chiefs can stop the run game much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just I mean, I hope it's a good game. But I there there's a lot of thinking for me that I, I could really see this Eagles team kind of running over them. Which is not something I would normally say against the Chiefs, but I also think, you know, with all the injuries that happened and the Chiefs' defense, you know, they made massive leaps this year compared to last year, but they're still not, you know, they're still not an elite defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. And I, I, like I said, I'm right there with you. I think the Eagles probably win this game, but I, I will, we, it, I think it is important to acknowledge, like, there are a couple big advantages that the Chiefs do have. Obviously, like I said, quarterback league. They have Mahomes. He's by far the best quarterback. The gap between him and Jalen Hurts, while as good as Hurts is, the gap is massive. Um, They have the single best offensive playmaker in Kelsey, who I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to shut down. Um, And they have Andy Reid, who is a very well-experienced coach. Obviously, he's a great coach. He's one of the best ever, but he's also... Has Super Bowl experience. He has experience losing the Super Bowl. He has experience winning the Super Bowl, and the experience factor trickles down to the players too. I mean, this is going to be Mahomes' third Super Bowl. Nobody on the Eagles has really been to a Super Bowl for the most part, so I really think that that matters. Um, but overall, I am just I just am not that optimistic that the Eagles are going to be able to. Sorry, that the Chiefs are going to be able to stop the Eagles on offense. What I will say is, this game is likely to be a blowout. If if it's a blowout, it's it's a hundred percent going to be on the the Eagles blowing the Chiefs out because this this injury report for the Chiefs, man. So I <laughs> I just got the tweet from Schefter uh, today is February second, so obviously a lot of time before the Super Bowl, but Miko Hardman, Juju, and Tony, all three of those guys did not practice today and there's a website called uh sick score which stands for something like sports health score or something that's pro football doc david chow he's he's a big twitter presence and has a lot of you know he's a very well experienced doctor he used to work for the the chargers on the sideline very he's, he tends to be very accurate with his projections about injuries and right now he has juju being near 100% healthy for the game yeah, yeah I has expect that too. Hardman probably not playing the game, um, or if he is active, barely doing anything, and Tony being less than being well less than a hundred percent. So I'm just not that optimistic, man, about this about the the Chiefs' weapons. Like I know Miko Hardman is not like some great player, but he does add that speed threat that is just so underrated, and you know, not having him will be a loss, and you're gonna have to get guys like sky Moore and MVS to step up and maybe they will but pacheco
1: too i mean if the chiefs can run the ball like that could that could help a lot and pacheco has looked so good how about jarek mckinnon i feel like jarek mckinnon is gonna have
0: a good like nope he didn't do much in this game against the Bengals, but he's been he's been vibing with mahomes for yeah that tandem that tandem
1: is really good
0: Is really good. Yeah. And like, Um, I don't know what happened to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but like he is is still there. Like he does exist. So we'll we'll see if he's even active at all. I mean, I think they
1: recognize, and they're probably not going to like, you know, they may involve him more in the Super Bowl now that they have two weeks to plan, but I think they just recognize that we're flowing with these two guys. Like let's not disrupt the flow as good as Clyde was playing before his injury.
0: It seems like, like my guess is that the Chiefs offense is going to be, like the game plan is going to be designed a lot more around heavy personnel because of because of the injuries but also because they're gonna need tight ends in there to like block to chip you know the Eagles pass rushers yeah probably a
1: lot of two tight end sets I would imagine
0: yeah and so like but what worries me about that is that if you're gonna run that successfully you need to have a good run game and I don't think either of us have much confidence in the Chiefs ability to run the ball consistently on this Eagles defense I think maybe later in the game as the you know as the teams get more tired that'll be possible but I just worry that the Chiefs are going to try to come out and like run run the ball and like not have any success and then they're going to go to the pass game and like the Eagles are going to know it's coming and I don't know it just feels like such a it doesn't feel like a good setup for this Chiefs team as much as I want them to win as much as I want Mahomes to win and to continue to solidify his legacy as already one of the best ever in my opinion the best quarterback ever
1: but i'm just not what? too optimistic about that now on the flip side if the chiefs can manage to pull out a win and play as like at their best on this day that's just like that's pretty nuts cuz i i do i kind of think that this 49ers team i mean god this 49ers this eagles team might be Potentially the most stacked team that Mahomes has gone up against in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, maybe that's not true when you have Brady on the other side. And the the that Bucks team is filthy. But uh, you know, it just it kinda does feel that across the board this team just has a lot more superpower or, or just a lot a lot more uh star star power. Um so you know, if he does win this game like that that you know, that's it, you know. <laughs> for for Reed and Mahomes it's and this Chiefs team is kind of like you know officially a dynasty you know if they lose again can you like that dynastic you know descriptor it, it doesn't really apply so much anymore as as good as they have been and gone to so many super bowls and AFC championships if you lose again you know it's like well you're not doing it when
0: you're there I mean you can argue that two Super Bowls isn't even a dynasty, right?
1: Like I um, mean no for sure, but like, I think you kind of I think a lot of people say the dynasty is like you win three or whatever that's the number. In, in NFL I, think,
0: I feel like two is fine because it's just so hard to win a Super Bowl whereas like in the NBA for example, like if you have a healthy Steph Clay, Draymond whatever, like you're there that team more often than not is going to make the finals, you know, whereas it's just the variance in one game playoff Formats yeah. is
1: just so much higher. Yeah, but I, I'm also just thinking, you know, you go to five straight AFC Championship games, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins. Like that's 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 you no, know, that's as dynastic as it gets. Yeah, um, and and so let's be honest, so I just they should have been like,
0: in the Super Bowl last year too. I'm gonna die on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's funny though, just thinking back to like who would have maybe given the the Eagles the best or like the most competitive game here. Honestly, I think it might have been the Bills. However, that's just from like a player talent standpoint. Obviously not from how fun, well-functioning of a team they were. But um, I think across the board, like if we had had a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl, I think there would be a lot more people on the Bills side than people are on the Chiefs side right now. Maybe. Um, but maybe. again, things have to play out. It's a completely different reality. Injuries can happen, whatever. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I think... When Jake was on the podcast and
0: we were talking about the playoffs um a couple podcasts ago, he was talking about how he was like, I think when the playoffs are over, we're gonna realize that Josh Allen was more injured than he was. And I think that yeah. I think he was spot on about that. Like clearly Josh Allen wasn't a hundred percent. So I'm not I don't know. I, I think I think the main thing that is a detracting point about the Eagles is like they had a cakewalk schedule. Yeah, they did. And they also had a cakewalk playoffs, right? They get the buy, which you know, good on them because they won all those games. They deserve it. They play a Giants team that I think we all kind of expected not to win that game, as 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 fun as they were to root for as an underdog. And then they got the they got the fifth string quarterbacked 49ers. So I think the main point is like, who has this team beaten all year? Do they have any? They really don't have many quality wins. Yeah, this is going
1: to be the biggest challenge they'll have all year, by far. And and, and they've
0: sure. never, this unit, this this Eagles team has not played a quarterback anywhere remotely as good as Mahomes. Like, who is Very the best true. quarterback the Eagles have even played this year? I don't even know off the top of my head, but it's just, there. I could see, like, what if Jalen Hurts' injury is worse than we realize? And he's, like, really can't throw the ball, and in that case like i could totally see the chiefs winning so i think the line is accurate in the in the sense that like it needs to be maybe it needs to be a little under minus 3 because yeah because there are sort of unknowns there and and we saw jalen hurt's not be that good last week but
1: i, I will I, I will like if the chiefs can slow down their run game and turn it into a you know who can throw the ball better that would be interesting too. I think that's tough. That's a tough task to slow down the Eagles' run game. But uh, man, I I just like I want like I'm rooting for the Chiefs in a lot of ways because I just don't want to see the Eagles win, as well as. It it just like it feels like Mahomes can get them over that hump, but I'm I'm I am really scared for them and just yeah I I don't know I like it's. It's so hard to compare years because I'm like, I'm just thinking back to other years where like teams maybe have gone in banged up or teams that were super loaded have gone in and people were all over them. Um, And, you know, I, I, it kind of feels like it's a little reminiscent of ways to, uh, you know, I'm always going back to that Patriots Giants Super Bowl, but when the Pats were undefeated and the Giants took them out, it kind of feels like, you know, the David versus Goliath a little bit here. And, and you can't really call, uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs, David. You really can't because of how good they've been. Um, True, but it, it. I don't know. It just has a little bit of that feeling to me. And 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 if you have David with Mahomes, you know, goddamn, there's there's a lot of a lot of potential there.
0: Yeah, I mean, so- my heart says Mahomes, and and look, they know that they're going to be the underdogs, right? So there's that too. But you know, my heart says Mahomes, but my brain says the Eagles. But yeah. you know, again. It is important, like who have the Eagles played? I really do think that's valuable, but
1: I agree. We'll see what happens. But we can night. go in circles here. <laughs> I could you know I could keep saying the same thing about
0: uh, yeah, well, the only other thing that I wanted to mention was i I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I like the Chiefs, but also because i I could win as much as like sixteen units if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl because i I bet on them at 10 to one sometime in the regular season.
1: Yeah, that's fat.
0: And then I it's also have Mahomes to have the most pass yards in the playoffs, which would be like a 12 unit bet, a uh, 12 unit win. And I think he only needs like,
1: I mean, that would be hard for like him 200, to 200,
0: 250 or something like that.
1: I so, mean, that would be hard for Hertz to get more than him anyways. Hertz would have no, no, no. to Hertz, like, Yeah.
0: Hertz isn't getting, unless Mahomes gets hurt, like Hertz isn't getting more than him. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the current leader I think is Burrow and like Mahomes only needs like 200 or so. So yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah. I, I just, man, like, it would be, yeah, like, the other part of this, which we didn't talk about, which we probably should have, is that, like, Eagles fans, by and large, suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't want them to win for that, too, but I'm super excited, man. This is going to be a great Super Bowl. I'm, I'm excited, and we got to monitor those injuries. Um, Absolutely. But if they get Juju back, that's huge, and, you know, even if 60% Kadarius Tony if he... Kadarius Tony is actually the most injury prone player ever. But if yeah, he can be bad. on the field at least a little bit, like he can be a game changer. So Yeah, he's made
1: of glass. He you really know?
0: is. He really is. But I'm super excited. I know, I know you are too. Um but yeah, that's yeah,
1: There's only one other thing I just wanted to touch on out like outside of football. Is just that uh I- I've obviously been watching a lot of the Australian Open the past few weeks. Like I love I'm always watching. Tennis and you know, it's been kind of whack my schedule the past two months because of the World Cup. I'd be trying to catch games at 5 a.m. and then watching the Australian Open, I'm watching tennis, you know, throughout the night or like falling asleep to it and waking up to it. But, um, yeah, anyways, just Novak just wanted to touch on this briefly is that Novak won, you know, his 10th Australian Open, which is nuts, uh, his 22nd major championship, which ties him with Nadal for the most. Um, but there was just one stat that I found the other day, which is absolutely crazy in in the tennis world, is that, you know, people when talking about the goat status and whatnot, you know, everyone says Nadal is the king of clay because he's won there like fourteen or fifteen times, something ridiculous. Um But I, I mean I think Novak is pretty clearly king down under, you know, um winning ten Australian. Nice, Open. That, that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's also won a ton of U.S. Opens, and he's just incredible on the hard court. But over the past since twenty eleven, which was pretty much when Djokovic just took over, he's gone been seventy one and three at the Australian Open. He didn't get to play last year, which you know that number could be even bigger. And Nadal at the French Open has been seventy four and two. So it's a ninety seven point three percent win rate versus ninety five point nine. And these are probably the two people who are going to go down as the two goats. And these are their best tournaments where they just don't lose over twelve years, which is just nuts. It's just crazy to me that you can be that good. And I, it's it's so different than a team sport because it's just you out there, um, which I think makes it almost more impressive how dominant all these guys have been. Is that like there's just there's no fallibility in their game or their mental stat, state when they're at a major championship? It's just it's truly incredible. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because. I love tennis, and that was, that's just it's, – it's nuts that these guys keep winning.
0: Yeah, I mean, Novak deserves acknowledgement as the GOAT at this point, I think, too. I think we talked about last year about how we had kind of it, – it wasn't like a – we weren't fully sure about that, you know, but I –
1: Federer like, hadn't retired then either.
0: Yeah, and, I, you know, like I said before we recor- started recording today, like, it just feels like this win at the Australian Open was just – more significant than a normal Grand Slam win, not just because he tied Nadal for the record, but also just almost like an emphatic statement of like, I'm still here. You know, obviously there was the whole story and the narrative of how he got banned last year because he's unvaccinated and whatever. And that's a whole thing in and of itself. But Djokovic really is, The goat, I think. I mean, he's he's just been so good for so long, and and there's no reason to think that he can't win another like three to five. Yeah, exactly. I think that's totally realistic, barring any major injuries.
1: Yeah. So plus, this was you know, I I don't think I'd ever seen a more dominant tournament run by anyone. Maybe maybe some of the Federer, maybe some of the Nadal on on clay. You know, where they don't lose a set and they're beating everyone just super easily, but. I'm thinking back, I think it was the semis or the quarterfinal match. But this this guy is Australian and he had Demonor, he had all the Australian fans behind him in the stadium. And Djokovic made him look like he was a wild card entry. Like this was the most lopsided <laughs> win I had ever seen from some of these guys. Like and and in this deep into a tournament. You know, I'd seen them win in straight sets, like six four, six four, six four, seven five, seven five, six one, whatever, something like that. But like and this this was not close at all. It was like, I forget what the second and third sets were, but it was like 6-1 and 6-3. Or, but it was just, yeah, it was gross. It was just, this guy is a league of his own. And Nadal has kind of been banged up a bunch the past year. It just really feels like, you know, maybe Nadal can come back and win one more, maybe two more. But it, it just feels like this is Djokovic's, you know, he's still in his prime and there's no none of these youngsters are there yet i was uh, gonna ask you about
0: that because that's the real question right is like obviously Djokovic, like nadal and federer these guys are generational talents and they're clearly the i mean the older tennis fans will might disagree but i think those guys are the three best ever i don't think anyone in the tennis world i mean to people yeah, dude i know people
1: people Remember will say like
0: chris in high school who's like he was on the varsity yeah team and he yeah, was like, yeah yeah he's like rod laver i'm like bro like come on i mean like. there's
1: people that changed the game you know there's people who created the game to what it is today there's people like pete sampras and andre agassi who were some of the greatest players to ever grace our game and had skill sets that were amazing but there, there's no one who had the complete skill set and mental fortitude and the longevity that these three guys do and i and all the professional guys that i just mentioned and the labors and the borgs and whatever over the years they all say the same shit like these guys are leagues of their own dude they're Um, such they're so much better like they're they're better (laughs) at like it's just better they're just better it's it's just again similar to other sports it's just also medicine and the way the game evolves so
0: that's my question that that's why i brought it up because which I was going to ask you, which of these youngsters do you think could eventually match that? The the name that comes to mind for me is Alcaraz, but like oh yeah,
1: it's it's clearly Alcaraz. As you know, he won the uh, the U.S. Open in the fall. You know, he missed this tournament off injuries, but he this guy is he's young, he he's incredible on clay, um, which he's a young Spaniard, um, probably grew, grew up on clay a little bit, kind of similar to Rafa. Um, but yeah, he definitely seems like that guy who, who could kind of take the next step, uh, because he's all, he's also beaten these guys multiple times already in kind of big tournaments. So um, Medvedev is another one. I don't think his game is as catered to like dominance as well as these guys were. Um, and then the other one would be Sitsibas, who I think will I think he'll win. I think he'll definitely win some majors at some point. I don't know if that's going to be beating these guys. He's
0: but. not he's not getting to that level, dude.
1: I mean, he, he took a pretty big leap this year. It seemed he seemed a lot better at the Australian Open. Um and again, I mean, he he lost in straight sets, but you know, it's just the yeah, the the gap is very big. And, you know, last year I was thinking Zverev um could have made made moves, but he got I mean, he tore tore some stuff in his ankle last year. Um at Wimbledon, I believe. So he, you know, he's kind of just getting back into things. So it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like there's really anyone besides Alcaraz who can disrupt this at all.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. It, you know, I'm, I just feel, I think, you know, we should end on just, I think we're both, we both feel very privileged to be able to have watched these three guys. Um, obviously when Federer was in his prime prime we were still pretty young but you know i think we were we were old enough to to have solid memories of some of that and oh yeah obviously Djokovic a little later on and, and nadal's just always been great and it truly is those three kind of compose the golden age of tennis the at least the modern golden age of tennis and it's just awesome to be able to be able to have seen that and yeah i'm i'm gonna be excited to see what happens with these youngsters but um
1: yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm curious I'm like just from a standpoint of how the tennis world looks like when when Djokovic retires because he'll he'll be the last one of the three to retire. Where what does the tennis landscape look like when that's over? And will he still be winning when he retires, you know? Like that's another thing. Cuz you know, you, he could hypothetically play for 5 7 more years and not win everything, you know, down the later stretch, but just being in that tennis world probably like could be a powerful thing to bring attraction and whatnot. But like when they're all actually gone, are these other guys have, will people have been made enough noise, gained enough traction to like, you know, the fans love them the same way that they love these guys. Is that even possible? What if Djokovic
0: just just plays till he's like 45? Like he he does like the LeBron, I'm going to spend a bajillion dollars on my body every year. And like, he's just like, he, he retires with like 35 majors. Like, can you imagine? Like, that's just... i can like that's the crazy thing right like we can imagine it because like you said like medicine modern medicine is for sports is so is so great for the longevity of these elite athletes who can afford to spend the money on all these treatments and things and who who legitimately care about taking care of their body you know it's not like you know you know there's all those stories about like older generation athletes would eat super unhealthy and they were just absolute dogs so they would always do well but like we live in the age of in sports we live in the age of like medicine and science and everything down to the to the detail you know so yeah
1: i mean yeah he could he could i think he could win two to three more for four more years and all of a sudden that's pushing you over 30 pretty easily
0: yeah so it's crazy it's crazy i really i almost want to see it you know
1: yeah it would be really impressive to see
0: but um Yeah, it'll be cool to see what happens with that. But uh, I think that's kind of about it for today. So for Josh, I am Ian. Good luck, everybody. See you later. Take it easy, everybody.